Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another edition of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Obviously, we are, have a big win that we're coming off of, and we're going in to play the New England Patriots, who are not the New England Patriots of old, and David and myself will break down everything that you need to know about this New England Patriots team and how we are going to stack up against them going into possibly playing a game. Uh, Obviously, they're going through some COVID protocols with certain players. Listen ahead and you'll hear all about it. Matt's not able to join us today because he was feeling sick, so get well soon, Matt. Hopefully, everything's okay. And David and I have taken the reins today and we're going to give you everything you need to know. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly Pregame Podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. I feel like that was okay. Yeah, yeah, fuck it, it'll do. Okay, what? Your hello was pretty loud. Your hello was pretty loud. Is that why you were laughing? Yeah. Your hello was like, <laughs> whoa, dude, we just talked about this. It's, it it's, it's, how I, it's how I do the hello again. Is that still loud? Yes, you did it again. Hello. Hello, and yeah, I can't. It's the, it's the, it's the voice. It's the, um, it's my, project. Yeah, I It's the projection. Don't give me that look. I'm giving you that look. What the fuck? Okay. Jared? All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. We are coming off of a win against the New York Jets, and we're heading to New England to take on the Cam Newton, possibly Cam Newtonless, uh, New England Patriots. Uh, possibly New England Patriots-less. Possibly New England. That's wow. You went there. Uh, So yeah. So news coming out of (laughs) news coming out of New England right now. There are a couple positive cases. I know Stephon Gilmore was on that list. There was a couple practice squad, and the testing is not done as we are recording this. So they are still not going to practice. And I believe, as it stands right now, the earliest they can practice is Friday, uh, Mm -hmm. and that's only if all the rest of these tests come back negative. Now, if they start getting onesie twosie positives, they continue to shut down. They can't practice. Um, what what does that mean for us, and what does that mean going forward for our game? Is that is that, that I, I'm thinking it's a possibility it gets pushed to Monday, Tuesday, like they were talking about the Kansas City game. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a chance that it turns into a Tennessee issue, and they try to move it to later in the season. What do you think? Right. No, and that's you know tomorrow's going to tell the tale. Really, when by the time we're waking up tomorrow, I think maybe not the time you wake up because you're in the military, so you wake up fucking. <laughs> An Much earlier hour. than most people. Yeah, um, but by the time most of us are waking up, I think we're going to be finding out about those tests. Those tests are going to be getting back to those players, and those results are going to be public sooner rather than later because it's such a big deal, especially in the context of what's going on with the Titans right now. Um, and the Patriots are one of those teams that's really teetering on the edge as far as we've got a couple of cases now. Is it contained, or is it going to become a big full-blown outbreak? Um, so yeah, tomorrow we're going to get those tests back and see, uh, you know, right now, all all the Broncos players today in their media availability talked about how willing they were to go play if, you know, the COVID protocols that the NFL has put in place say it's safe to play. Um, but you're right. There's a lot of options on the table as far as this game being moved to Monday or Tuesday, maybe moved to later in the season. Um, I certainly would err on the side of caution. I don't know personally that I would have played the Patriots Chiefs Monday night game considering what was going on, but the call was not made by me, clearly. Uh, if I was in right. charge of making that call, for, for some reason or other, Jared, I just don't feel like you and I would be having this conversation. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway. Um, I, I, what but, it came down to was that yeah. what was established by the NFL and the NFL Players Association right. before the season started. They mm-hmm. followed the protocols. They decided what they were going to do. You know, same thing with Cam Newton, which we could talk about now too, right? With Stefan Gilmore, obviously with a positive test midweek, the earliest he could test is five days from now. He's not playing against us, right? That's right. not going to happen. Right. Um, and he has to have two back-to-back weeks of uh, negative tests. We haven't heard anything coming out of Cam Newton yet, but he is eligible to start his first 
uh, possible negative test today, which is going to be Wednesday. Um, and if he has a negative test now, then 24 hours from now, he can test again. If he has another negative test, he can go back to practice again. Going back to that, maybe on Friday, he could join the team for the practices. So uh, that is going to be an interesting piece to watch. Uh, right now, it doesn't have him playing. It has him as doubtful. And even then, having those positive tests, that means he has to be absolutely no signs of having any right. sickness. He, he, can't right. he couldn't have taken any, uh, any drugs, not even like a Tylenol or an Advil for a headache. So... It's a slim chance that he ends up playing if if we do play this game as well. So that's a lot of things that we have to take into account on this pregame podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to get them all out of the way kind of up front before we get into the nitty-gritty of it. Because right now, as we're recording on Wednesday night, we have to assume the game's going to be played. But like, right. like Cam with the rest of the team, tomorrow's going to tell us a lot. Uh, so we'll just kind of see what happens then. Um, and what are your thoughts about Broncos news this week? What's, what's going on with the team in the news this week, Jared? So there's a couple big things that are happening. I'm not sure if anybody's tracking this and I don't want to get too far into the drama. Cause you know, we always like to talk about football straight up, but this is football related. I think, uh, one Oh four, three, the fan, for those of you who listen to the fan, uh, had an interview with Von Miller and he hung up on them. He hung up on them because they were asking him, in my opinion, I know, David, I was talking about this earlier. In my opinion, they were just absolutely ridiculous questions. Mm-hmm. This man has been the staple for our team. Von Miller has been the face of the franchise for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, captain, and he, Super Bowl MVP. He's been a captain, Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, signed him to a big contract. He has COVID in the offseason, comes back from that. He's in one of the best shapes of his life, gets injured, injured. Uh, before the season even starts out for most of the season we're hoping he come back towards the end of the season but we'll see how that works out and 1043 the fan decides that they're going to ask him some trap questions about uh, taking pay cuts and 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 whether or not he should be even stay in, in Denver I, I don't I don't understand the line of questioning they they don't see themselves as the bad guys here and I do I'm absolutely with you Jared you come on in the season like you were saying he got COVID while having asthma he has COVID Works himself right. back into football shape in time to be ready for training camp after having COVID in March, um, and is then you know freak injury that could happen to anybody at any time, non-contact injury in a in a practice. Um, it's just one of those you know one of those things that's the worst possible thing that could happen to a player who's done so so much for your franchise, and then right. you have him on. You have the he has the dignity to give you some of his time. You know, like, do you know what you and I would do to have Von Miller on this show? I can't uh, <laughs> list the number of things because a, it I don't would think we can name, list most of those things Seems either legally. Very, very explicit, <laughs> like incredibly disturbingly explicit. Um, and you know, they have him. They, he gives them the grace of his time, and what do they do? They got to get their sound bite. It's the middle of October. The team is one and three, and they want a sound bite. They want to make waves nationally on the scene. Okay, great. I would have hung up on them too. Forget about it. Use somebody right. else to make your name. Brandon right, absolutely. Spe- speaking of which, Von Miller, if you do want to come on the show, there are some things that we will do for you. Just just ask. At literally anything you want to say is off limits before we talk. We we can talk about your chickens the entire time, man. I love <laughs> right. that. We I don't even have to so, talk about football, let's be honest. So many questions. <laughs> oh man okay so that's that's the piece of news coming out of 1043 the fan um yeah. other pieces of broncos news that we have going on it looks like drew Locke is back in practice throwing footballs we haven't heard anything out of vic fangio on whether or not he's actually going to be ready to play he's still on that 50 50 line on whether or not he's actually going to be ready to play honestly especially if there's no cam newton uh, and obviously no stefan gilmore i wouldn't be opposed to giving him an extra rest week um, there's a lot going into this game. Obviously, we, we have to win every game we can. We're one and three. We want to try to win every game we can. But if he's not on a shoulder injury, if he's not fully healthy, I don't want him to go back out there and try to re-aggravate something when we could give him an extra week to, to rest it up. Let me just say uh, and go to broncosorangeweekly.com and check out the Team Trends article posted weekly uh, and written by yours truly. Um, <laughs> let me just say, if I had to put a trend on what his chances to start this game, it would be trending down, uh, because he did, he practiced in a limited way today. He got the fourth most snaps of any of the four QBs on the roster. Uh, and I would say you know, there was a little bit of limited video on that, uh, on Twitter available. Um, he looked, you know, fine as far as it goes, it looked like his shoulder was coming along well, I think, but right. 
I, like you, there's no, I don't think there's any reason to rush him back for this game. Uh, on the road, Cam Newton or no Cam Newton. Cam Newton doesn't play Bill Be- in Bel- Bel- Bill Belichick's defense, um, right. and that's a formidable defense. Um, they played really well against Kansas City, even if the final score may say they kind of that game kind of broke down. If you were watching that game, they were able to do a lot of things to make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable. Um, I would guess if they can do that to the best offense in the league, they're going to give Brett Rippon or Drew Locke. Uh, but certainly this offensive line problems. Right. So let's get into that. This is something that me and you were talking about earlier. And I think yesterday on the Tuesday night show that we were having this discussion. So uh, Bill Belichick is a defensive mastermind in the NFL. And that is not a debate. And I don't think anybody out here is saying like, nah, he's all right. Right. He's won multiple Super Bowls with Tom Brady, obviously. But let's be honest, their defense is on point on a lot of those Super Bowls. So the reason he's so good is he knows somebody's weakness. He knows how to attack somebody. What they did in Kansas City, what I saw that they did in Kansas City, they only rushed four. I'd say about 90 percent, 85, 90 percent of the time, they only rushed four and they dropped seven. So by doing that, you are covering more field obviously and mm-hmm. the four that they were rushing were giving him troubles obviously he had a lot of time back there but he, could, there, he had nowhere to throw it because they were dropping seven in his own defense and he was playing very well and now and he didn't have more they, than average time he had three seconds to throw but after three seconds the pass rush did he was scrambling around there. yeah and he did and they kept the edge pretty well on a couple of plays too i thought i saw him yep. run for a couple but there were a couple where i thought he was he was trying to break loose and still try to find something down the field which is, you know, Patrick Mahomes, and he can do either one of those things very well at any given moment. But they were able to keep him, you know, contained on the sideline. I thought that was pretty impressive. Right, and that was really good. And and so I know I've talked to you about this, and I know you have your opinion. What do you think he's going to do against a 32nd ranked offense in uh, possibly uh, Brett Rippon and the Denver Broncos? Uh, I think he's going to stack the box, especially considering Philip Lindsay is going to be back for this game, confirmed on that. Um, so the game plan you've got to th- be thinking is feed those guys, don't put too much on Brett Rippon's plate, um, and see what happens. And so I think Bill Belichick's going to keep his linebackers in closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, he'll probably still drop, you know, you know, in, even in a nickel coverage, if he's going 3 two, 5 he'll probably still drop five guys into coverage on most plays just to kind of keep those RPOs down to a minimum. Um, even, I mean, I don't know that Brent Rippon would be running that anyway, no. but yeah, no. Um, but I think he's going to dare you to beat him. He's probably going to man up on your guys a lot on your young receivers and Tim Patrick and no, no offense and dare you to beat him that way. And if you can start doing it good for you and he'll adjust at halftime from there, but I think he's going to load up to stop the run and see if Brett Rippon can do anything. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that's going to happen. And, and the the biggest thing that I saw with Brett Rippon last game against the Jets is those, those couple interceptions he threw was against uh, a, a seven-man drop. Yeah. Um, and, and he was just throwing into triple coverage. The guys were – was, everybody was there. There very was no reason for him to throw most of those ones. Yeah. Very crowded area. So – uh, if if I'm Bill Belichick, um, who's hopefully not listening to this and taking our advice, uh, yeah. I would also on any third downs, third and mediums, third and longs, which I find I feel like we're going to get in a couple of those, if not a lot of them, this game. Uh, I think a lot. You it's drop you drop seven. Good. Yeah, yeah. Drop seven, exactly, maybe yeah. drop eight. Oh yeah, absolutely. Drop eight, rush three, probably get pressure with three after three seconds, and right. yeah, I mean then what. You know, Brett Rippon, one of the things he talked about today in his media availability was trying to find that balance between getting rid of the ball quickly and making a good decision and taking care of the football. Um, and I think in that context, when you look at those interceptions, they at least make a little more sense if you're trying to think from his process of get the ball out, which is what I'm sure he, he was told to do all week in practice um, and what he's probably been continued to be coached to do. Um, right. but like he said, he's, he's got to make better decisions when he's getting that ball out fast and not maybe going to that first read and bailing out into a triple covered zone. Yeah. Nope. Agreed. A hundred percent. That defense is scary. Obviously, even without, uh, Stefan Gilmore, they still have a very, very good backfield. Um, and so football it's, it's focused, scary. yeah. Has that other, has their other guy rated much higher than Stefan Gilmore? Yeah. 
So they have JC Jackson. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you still have Devin or Jason McCourty. Oh, man. Right. My bad. Jason I think McCourty. Both McCourty's are there, I think, aren't they? Yeah, both of McCourty's are there. So yeah. you got the Devin and Jason McCourty, the brothers. Uh, Jackson's rated at almost an 80 on Pro yep. Football Focus. So our, our young wide receiver crew is going to have A, going to have their. Uh, hands full, but B, it's going to be the zone defense that Brett Rippin, Rippin is going to really need to uh, to find a hole in. Well, and that's the thing, you know. New England plays a ton of man too. Um, they play a bunch of zone, but they they have so many different looks available. Is the thing Bill Belichick coaches them to do so many different things. They play when they play man, they play a lot of cover zero or cover one. Um, they, but like you said, they're, they're so multiple in what they will show you, show you that they're doing. And they're so able to do all of these different things very well at the same time, because they're so well coached that, yeah, Brett Rippon's going to have challenges with this young receiving core. I think they can find areas to be successful because I think there's yes. just, I mean, Jerry Judy alone, there's just so much talent there, um, that you're going to find him open on a play or two. But what are the circumstances going to be on that player, too? Is he going to be the first right. read? Is Brett Rippon going to be able to get the ball to him, even if he is the first read? You know, the offense has to play really well in a complimentary way. I mean, obviously, that's every that's every game. That's a, but, <laughs> you know, um, the offensive line has to be able to keep Brett Rippon clean for long enough to make good decisions if Brett Rippon's going to actually make those good decisions. They did a good yeah. job against the Jets, but, you know, the Jets. Right, and not only that, but the mistakes. You, yeah. you can't make mistakes against this defense. You can't throw a pick six like you did against New York. You yeah. can't do that. It's it, that's that's going to be a game game time decision. And uh, if you, I mean, it was you, the same way with with New England. I mean, when New England yeah. threw their pick six against Kansas City, it was over, and that yeah. was it. If, uh, if you throw three picks against Bill Belichick, you're going to lose thirty six to seven. Like right. that's it. Yeah, you know, like you're done. And by halftime, you're going to be down by 28, and that's that's all she wrote. Right. So you talked about the young guys. You didn't talk about uh, a certain wide receiver um, for some reason uh, yes, um, that yes. did very well. And yes. mm-hmm. uh, I just want to yes. hear you. I just want to hear you talk about this wide receiver real quick. Tim Patrick. What, what a revelation is. against the worst team in the league. Um, but no, not. I don't want to take anything away from Tim Patrick. He had an excellent game, over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. Um, and you know, he kind of bullied that secondary a little bit. Um, yeah. and he's, you know, he, he's grown as a receiver a little bit. I think he's become a much more nuanced route runner. Um, he's become, you know, very good in these contested catch situations, which, you know, it's the kind of thing where you look at his body and say he should be good at that, but there's plenty of guys <laughs> who, you know, should be good at that just because of their body size. Uh, you know, first Brown picks like Laquan Treadwell who just don't do it you know, right. ever. And Tim Patrick's doing a very good job about it. Um, so all the props to him, you know, Cortland Sutton being out for the year, that's, that's really tough. But if he can provide, a, you know, 80% of that, that production and that presence on the field, that, uh, that's such a big help to this offense. Yeah, I've always liked Tim Patrick. I've always been really high on Tim Patrick mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very good route runner. He was undervalued as a route runner. He was undervalued as a uh, what we like to call kind of a pull guy, um, somebody who, you know, 90% of the time he's out there, he's just trying to get the safety's attention to pull him off of who the actual primary receiver is. And he does a very good job of that. And now that he's in a role taking over for Cortland Sutton, uh, you see him being a good route runner and getting open. And that was, I think, the best part about that whole game, watching that game. Granted, again, you know, we're going to say this a lot, but take everything for with a grain of salt. We played the mm-hmm. Jets. But I do, I do see you see a lot of really good things coming out of Tim Patrick um, with a, a much younger than him even. I mean, he's only been in the league for, I think, three years. Uh, wide receiving core. We all, the rest of them are either rookies, and then we have Noah Fant as a second year. And so, uh, and who's not going to be playing this week regardless. Yeah, so that's oh – man, that's another tough piece. Because honestly, going into this game, I think our tight end core versus their linebacking core is probably our only chance Oof, going forward. That's uh, another spoiler alert for the Team Trends article. But that's not going to go well without Noah Fant in there. Yeah, like, Jake yeah. Butt, you know, we, we've been hoping Jake Butt does the, the a lot of good, and he hasn't been able to. Nick Vanette has had a couple rough plays. Uh, he's got the ball a couple times here and there on flat routes. But he gets it on, on behind the line of scrimmage a lot, and it tends to stay behind the line of scrimmage when he gets it there. Right. And that's a bummer. Right. 
So, yeah, um, go check out that Team Trends yeah. article on yeah. orangeweekly.com. Coming soon. Um, let me ask you, um, since we both agree that Bill Belichick likes to scheme away your best thing on defense, he likes to take away whatever you do best and then mm-hmm. let the rest beast you. And we both agree that for the Broncos this week, that's going to be the run game that they're going to try game. to lean on. Um, what, if you had to pick a thing that Bill Belichick is going to try to take away in the passing game, uh, what, who do you think that's going to be? The same thing, the running backs. He's going to try to take away the flats, the dump offs. He's going to, that, like I said, that's why I think he's actually going to be playing zone mostly. Just to keep that, that either that cover two or that some sort of like Tampa two look where you have somebody staying down in the flats to cover out those running backs coming out of there. Um, I mean, that's, that's our bread and butter. And, and with a young, you know, quarterback who's only going to have his second start of his career. That's 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 his dump off. That's going to be your best chance of you know probably getting an interception because most of the time you just imagine your dump offs always open. So that's what I would stop. Mm, okay, I like that. What about you? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Um, I do agree with you, um, but I'm gonna <laughs> go with uh, probably Jerry Judy. I think what you've seen from Judy is just a guy who has made improvements every single week in what he's been able to show on tape, despite the quarterback situation just getting worse every week or at least going from, you know, potentially really good to, oh, God. Um, (laughs) So, and, and, you know, making the most of his opportunities when he gets them despite it. So if I was Bill Belichick, I would be kind of really focused in on him, especially just he's shown chemistry with all of his young quarterbacks so far. Um, That's kind of who I would be, who I would be thinking about. Yeah, and and the way that you saw him, play against the jets i mean even on terrible throws he was catching balls that should not mm-hmm. have been caught right uh or maybe so, throw so either right, right. so let's yeah. talk about this so we, i mean you know we were we, we need to take a step back obviously we, we did a very good job of, of breaking down what their defense can do against our offense what our offense needs to try to accomplish um our offense is ranked 32nd in the league 32nd in the league and the new england defense is ranked 7th that is not that does not bode well for us, even with with or without Stefan Gilmore, right? Like yeah, obviously he's no, a very good yeah. corner. He's not gonna be there, but you, you gotta look at the rest of the players on that defense and know that they're going to come a lot faster. They're kinda gonna hit a lot harder than what we saw against the Jets. Um, they're probably gonna be a little cleaner than yeah. the Jets were against us, yeah. but uh, they're gonna they're gonna be much, much more aggressive. Yeah, it's a much better coach team in that, you know, they're gonna be all the more dangerous for it, I think. They're a much more disciplined team. Uh, they know how to play within the rules there or, you know, within their version of playing within the rules. It is it is New England. Um, but still, they're going to do what they can and they're going to do a really good job at disrupting this offense, I think. Um, it's just, like you said, no matter whether Stefan Gilmore is going to be playing or not, um, Chase Winovich is still going to be playing. He was commanding double teams all night against Kansas City. Um, y- you know, it's there's players on every level of this defense that you have to be aware of on every single play. And that makes it, you know, especially on a half field read, which Belichick knows you're going to have with a young quarterback like Brett Rippon. Um, it takes away a lot of options for the defense, but it also takes away a lot of options for the offense. And it's not that difficult for a guy like Bill Belichick to defend. Like, yes, you know, Yep. No, that's a really good point. And uh, something I want to talk about before we flip the switch here and talk about their offense, our defense, yeah. which honestly, our defense is our strong point. We are no, we're ranked number fifth, the fifth defense in the league. Uh, so the way that they rank defenses is certain plays, obviously kind of freak at freak plays like the run uh, last week against us. Uh, that early run was kind of graded differently just because there's a lot of things in, in play there. Uh, yeah. but we are ranked the fifth defense in the league. So uh, we have we have a good de- with all the injuries that we have on defense, we are still ranked the fifth defense league, and I think that shows a lot, and that says a lot about Vic Fangio and what he's done with this team, and I think that shows a lot about what that team has put together with a lot of what I like to call the replacements, right? Like the right. guys from practice squad, yeah. the guys that we're picking up from other teams' practice squads. Like we got to kind of throw together a, a patched up defense. So um, before we get to that, though, right now the Denver Broncos without. Uh, sorry, the uh, New England Patriots without Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore, and a couple other players that we still are waiting to figure out what's going to happen with this whole COVID situation are favored to win this game 
by 0.5 points. So they're just favored just to, to kind who? of win. According, according to Pro to Football Focus. Okay. All right. Let's according make that to Pro clear. Football Focus. Right. Yeah. So they're favored to win. Now I'm I'm waiting for the lines to come out. And if you are interested in in betting, uh, please go follow Rager. Uh, Ragers, Ray, Ray is uh, a buddy of ours, uh, one of my best friends, and we go way back. And he is very good at this sports gambling thing. Uh, he brings me on there. I do a lot of the analytics on you know matchups, certain matchups, kind of like we do here. And we will talk about what those matchups mean and what the lines look like. Right, if you have a, a really good matchup and the lines are real low, then we're going to take those bets. And right now, Ragers is like. I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's like nine, three, and one or something ridiculous. Like he is winning bets left and right, and every single week he's making me money, so I'm happy. Uh, so if you're interested in that, go follow uh, Ragers, and then on Twitter it's O W Ragers, as in Orange Weekly Ragers. If you want to follow his lines each and every week. So now let's talk about Just the for, defense for our, for our listeners. When Jared said analytics in that monologue, I did the quote unquote thing with my fingers and I right, thought it, right, was, right. it yeah. was pretty funny, <laughs> funny enough for everybody to know about it now. Continue. Uh, was it though? Was it yeah. though? Yeah, it was. was. It though? Yeah. Hey, so I want to, I, I have a bone to pick before we go on and move on to the next segment here. Uh, I have a bone to pick with the pregame podcast. Okay. So uh, we have, uh, if you haven't heard, uh, obviously you guys follow Orange Weekly. If you guys download, if you haven't subscribed yet, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, but we have two shows for Orange Weekly each and every week. The pregame podcast, the postgame podcast. We are the pregame podcast. The postgame podcast, guys. Oh, yeah. They've got said problems. on their, in their last podcast that they are the better podcast. Okay. They are the better of the two of us. That's fine. They can live in whatever fantasy land they want to live in. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, delusion is, I mean, you know, they do their show generally half drunk, mostly drunk. Uh, we are professionals on this show. I know I've certainly never had any kind of lapse in concentration. I don't think. Or, uh, <laughs> never once. It never once happened. Um so, that being said, don't listen to the last pregame podcast. No, everybody should listen to the last <laughs> pregame podcast. I was the I in the internal discussions. I was the soberest sounding one. I want to <laughs> judge for themselves. Uh, anyway, oh, man, um, I, and I think our results speak for themselves. Obviously, Jared, I don't think there's much more to say about the pregame right. uh, right. about the postgame I just podcast. To- I wanted to point out that they're wrong, and yeah. uh, we're You're just going to go with that. And that's, that's basically all we have to say. I mean, that's basically all we have to say. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, honestly, we have them on for a reason as well. They do a great job over there, uh, just not nearly as well as, as we Listen, do here. Tanner so, does a fantastic job. Um, Tanner Kevin, uh, is also there. Uh, Tanner's a linchpin of that post-game podcast. So so let's talk about and let's move on to our next segment now. We're talking about the defense of the Denver Broncos. Fifth-ranked defense corner profile focus against the offense who possibly – okay, let's just – we'll go with this as if we're going to miss Cam Newton because the odds of him missing it are higher than the odds of him actually playing. So they have (laughs) Brian Hoyer as their backup who played against Kansas City as well. Didn't do too terrible against Kansas City but also didn't do enough to – get them where they need to be. What are we thinking? Let's talk about just general our defense versus their offense. What what are we thinking in the big picture? Well, first I want to I want to say I'm going to come back to the Cam Newton thing cuz okay. I think we we we, we should at least cuz there's a chance he plays. So let's circle back to that. Here. Okay, um, yeah, we'll circle back to that after this. Yeah. But assuming he doesn't, um I mean you 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 got to take the chances with Brian Horry or Jarrett Stidham there. And I don't know that either of them necessarily showed you what you wanted to see on Monday night against the chiefs, a defense who has actually played like pretty well this season. Um, But, but, you know, either one of them I think could have problems against a Vic Fangio defense too. Um, They both had turnovers. Brian Hoyer had that, like second, like they were in field goal range. Was it the end of the half or was it the end of the quarter? I think it was the end of the half where they were in field goal range, and all he had to do was not take a sack. Um, he, did. he was like at the third, yeah, at, at thirty, and he like took a fifteen-yard sack. Like he ran backwards and tried to loop around, and like, yeah. and he just went down like a sack of potatoes. And did like Bill Belichick was wearing two masks, and you saw how pissed off he was. <laughs> like, good God. Um, and then, you know, Jared Stidham came in and had a couple of picks himself. I know one of them wasn't his fault. It bounced off of his receiver's hands and into the hands of a defender, but one of them was just not, you know, not there. 
Um, it was a Brett Rippon level interception. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, you, you have to like are you, you, the under. If if especially if Cam Newton plays, I don't know what the over under is going to be, but I like the under this game. Uh, let's put it that way. Okay, all right. So yeah. let's remember that the Kansas City Chiefs defense, who didn't do too terrible, right against that uh, that is ranked to twenty first in the league. Yep. Right. Obviously, there's different things you have to think about. Right. They're looking at you know down a distance. A lot of times they go up. Kansas City goes up real early. And they don't have to play as aggressive. They don't have to stop as many third downs and kind of back off and play a little Mm -hmm. bit softer, Mm -hmm. uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, So I think that plays into it. But I also think I don't think Kansas City has the defense that we have. Um, And our corners have been playing much, much better in the last couple games than they have in the first two. You know. uh, So the games that look like weren't going to be able to stop anything against Tennessee or Pittsburgh. It looked like our our corners weren't going to be able to stop anything, but they're doing much right. better and they're learning each and every week. And I think we're, we're starting to get it down. Yeah. You, you know, and they're figuring out um, in the backfield, the coaching staff is figuring out what they have. Um, Devonte Bosby saw his first snaps uh, again this last week on defense. He was active for the first time. I think this last week, and he was on the practice squad before this week for all three games. Um came back not only on special teams but on defense and played really well uh and he, he gives this defense the defense uh, like so many different options um Bryce Callahan is playing really really well uh in the this season and you know like last game he looked he looked an awful lot like Chris Harris to me like a yeah. ton like Chris Harris honestly um playing in the slot really really suits him uh, and so when you've got Bosby on the outside with Michael Ojemudia, who you and I have talked about and pretty much agreed like 100% on, um, we like this guy a lot. Um, yes. So if you've got those two playing, him and Bosby playing outside, uh, you let Bryce Callahan do what he does best, and that affects what Justin Simmons can do really well and affects this, the fact that Kareem Jackson may not be as sharp this year, but... Uh, you know, still plays pretty well. He's had himself. a couple mix-ups, yeah. right? Yeah, there's there's been some stuff, but I don't know that all of it can be laid on his feet either. Um, but it allows all of your guys to play better when they're in their natural positions. It just makes the defense as a yes. whole more comfortable, um, and that kind of comfort really uh, is invaluable for a defensive backfield, right, Jared? I mean, it really is. And when you're talking about a defense, uh, their comfort level and where they fit in, it's like a puzzle. Like you can put people in other places and they can you know fill a hole but is it really the the right piece right so once you start putting the the right pieces together and it comes together as a whole it looks much much better and it runs much smoother and you 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 put people where they're 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 the best at and i we haven't been able to do that because of all the injuries but i think you're right i think bringing in bosby and uh honestly bassy has been kind of an under uh, underperforming a little bit um, this year. Obviously, another rookie that we picked up, uh, or sorry, that was undrafted rookie, the one undrafted rookie that we picked up. So he's probably going to be taking a little bit of a back seat, you know, keeping him in for the nickel dime packages possibly. But, uh, you know, keeping Bosby in there, Ojemudia and Callahan in the slot, I think really worked out well for us. And against any quarterback that's playing for New England, we're going to have to have very good coverage because I think their offensive line, now switching modes here, their offensive line is is very, very good in the pass rush yeah. in the past. And so uh, it's going to be difficult when, we ha- when we're talking about who we have right now. And I think right now the best person we have, obviously Bradley Chubb had a hell of a game last week. Yeah. And uh, Shelby Harris is playing lights out. Uh, you know, I'm so glad we got to keep him. But other than that, Malik Reed, or sorry, not Malik. Yeah. Malik Reed and uh, Purcell Purcell played an okay game. Don't get me wrong. My Purcell played an okay game, but I think we really needed them to step up. We're going to need to get pressure on this, especially if it's going to be Hoyer or Stidham. And even with Cam Newton, we're going to have to rely on Chubb and Reed to be able to keep the edge. Well, that's going to be, and it's going to be tough. Like this, you know, I'm super happy for Bradley Chubb working his way back from this knee injury, um, you know, getting himself mentally and physically into a place where he's playing the game at his best, the way he knows he can. Um, Because, you know, there was, there's been a lot of talk about his, you know, lack of stat sheet production. Um, But, you know, Bradley Chubb was out there making plays, you know, even clearly not at 100%. They were just asking him to play a lot because there was not a lot of other people to play his position on defense. 
they really leaned on a young player to fill step up in a big way when he was not 100%. And I want to give him a lot of credit for doing that. Um, Absolutely. But, and so that's one thing. Then you go and look at his stats against the Jets and it, you know, big time game. Um, you know, one of those, uh, one of those sacks was, you, know, you can give at least half a sack credit to the turf at metal stadium <laughs> at the Meadowlands. Cause good Lord, um, Sam Darnold just fell. And then Bradley Chubb fell on top of him, which is good. Cause it's what you're supposed to do. Um, good for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but there's no doubt he really had a much better game and flashed a lot better on film, even on plays where he wasn't sacking the quarterback. This week is a much sterner test of where he is, like in his recovery, right. in his development as a player too. If he can get consistent pressure against this offensive line, that will be, a, you know, a big time feather in his cap. And quite frankly, really, really helpful for the rest of this team because I don't know where the rest of it's going to come from. Uh, Shelby Harris has been playing really good, but he's got one of the toughest matchups inside this week um, against their guards. And Mike Purcell might not even play. He's been on the injury report these last couple of days. Um, Jeremiah Toshu the de- has been out, also not practicing. So the depth there at edge is just real, real tough. We've had Anthony – has it been Anthony Chiquillo? Chiquillo? Uh, number 91 has been in there a lot yeah. and has not been showing a ton, but neither is Malik Reed really. Um, right. You know, they've been getting, you know, you saw a lot of blitzes this last game with both uh, Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell. They came in with inside pressure a they lot did. and quite and a jo- lot of Josie Jewell did get a couple of pressures. Yeah. He, he, I think he got a couple of sacks. Um, yeah. So yeah, he had a, he had a really great game, I think because of that in particular. Um, but so they're going to, you've seen Vic Fangio try and adjust what he does because he's not a coach who traditionally brings a lot of pressure. Um, but he's trying to adjust to the lack of, you know, pass rushing talent with just bodies thrown in there sometimes. And that's what you've got to do as a defensive coach. That's the way you see him adjust. But yeah, it's, it's a really, really tough test against a new England front. Yeah, so I want to I want to go back, and everyone says, and and I've said it too, obviously earlier in this show and on Tuesday, take it with a grain of salt because it's the the New York Jets. But honestly, the the strength of the New York Jets is their offensive line, and their tackles have been successful uh, through the first four games of the season up until obviously we get there, and and Bradley Chubb's out there just destroying them. And I, yeah. and I think that's that's something that you really need to look at. And obviously, we're like, okay, yeah, he got a bunch of sacks, and he had, had you know did very well against the Jets. But honestly, the Adoga for the Jets, kind of going back, Chuma Adoga has been playing very well through the rest of the season. He just got destroyed by Bradley Chubb. So that takes us to this week, and we're looking at Win, who is the left tackle. Isaiah Win is the left tackle. He was a first round selection um, in 2018. He's been playing very well this year. But on the other side. We have Justin Heron, who is a rookie, sixth-round pick, who has been playing okay. He's been playing pretty well. And, you know, the New England Patriots, for some reason, have a very a, a key for scouting players. And somehow they have a sixth-round offensive lineman that's playing very well this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Chubb coming in from the other side and us switching it up and either having Chubb do some sort of stunt to bring him into the middle against their center, who is James Ferentz who's not playing very, very hot this year, or if you send him to the other uh, side. Yeah, the son of a famous Iowa head coach, Kirk Ferentz, who's the, uh, you know, kind of offensive line guru in college that sends so many offensive linemen to the NFL. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, the latest example. No fan, coached by uh, Kirk Kirk Ferentz. Oh, that is a good piece of knowledge that I don't know how you know that. I, 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 I learn about football, Jared. That's good. Well, it's better than me. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Chubb come in from the other side or a lot of stunts coming into the middle. Um, yeah. I do think if Harris is going to have a good day, if Shelby Harris is going to have a good day, it's going to be in the middle. Don't get me wrong; their right guard is probably the best right guard in the league right now. In uh, Michael Onwenu. 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 Yep, and he's also again a rookie. Yeah. Right, and he yeah. is the he is the second ranked best guard in the league, best right guard in the league, and that is unreal. A six round pick, that is crazy. One hundred and eighty second overall, that's insane. Yes. and they don't even have Dante Scarnecchia, their you know famous Hall of Fame offensive line coach who came out of retirement to coach them for one last you know bunch of Super Bowls. Um, <laughs> he's, I think he's retired again for good, but they just find another you know 
diamond in the rough there. Um, but like you said, even on you know a stunt with a guy like uh, Chubb, who's th- who's that that athletic, you can certainly do things even against a really good guard. Um, you can rush him against Heron, number their their right tackle, uh, Justin Heron, uh, who is uh, also a rookie. Um, a sixth right. round rookie from a, this year. I think like less than 20 picks after his uh, left guard there or his right yeah. guard there. Yeah. So there's youth there that you can exploit. And we saw Bradley Chubb get lined up in a bunch of positions uh, on the defensive line last week. So I would expect right. them to try and find a matchup there to get home against whoever's playing quarterback. Um, if it's Bra- if it's Cam Newton, that obviously di- that dynamic does change a little bit, a lot because you've got to maintain your rush lanes, which is, you know, it's tropey and it's kind of stupid thing to say, but, you know, because your pass rush is going to be what it is. But if Cam Newton's in there, you've just got to be hyper aware of trying to keep him in the pocket contained and, you know, go from there as far as, as rushing the passer and getting a sack, but don't let him get outside of you or find a lane. Yeah, I do not envy uh, Vic Fangio right now in trying to game plan against a defense when you have no idea who's going to be the quarterback. And not only no idea who's going to be a quarterback, but having no idea who's going to be a quarterback in two completely different quarterback types. Yeah. And and obviously you can't go and film Bill Belichick's uh, practices to find out what he's building in or what he's doing. So, <laughs> I mean, he's there. probably finding a way. So, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, right now you have to you have to game plan that it's going to be not Cam Newton, right? And because right now New England doesn't have Cam Newton to be out there, so what's how are they going to game plan for it? So, it's going to be difficult. And if Cam Newton does play, it's going to be rough because he is somebody that's so good at being able to just um, improvise as things go. Uh, if if the system's not going the way he wants it to. So that's going to be very difficult. And you're right, those those rushing lanes are going to be very important. We're not going to be able to overload one side like we did against the Jets, which is why, as you saw with the 40-yard the run, and I think he had like a total of like 60 yards or something like that on the day uh, with the rushing. is We just kind of started overloading certain sides and overloading their offensive line. I don't think we're going to be able to do that against New England, so I don't think we're going to see as much pressure as we did against the Jets. Yeah, no, Josh, Mc, what's his name? Can't remember. Maybe he used to coach here. Uh, Anyway. He who shall not be named. Right. Yeah, that guy. Um, Yeah, I trust him to scheme up his offense, no matter who's playing quarterback, to be able to protect them pretty competently. Uh, So, yeah, it's going to heavily rely on Vic Fangio and what he can do to counter those kind of schemes. Um, You know, one thing that's really interesting to me is the Broncos – are a lot better at defending from a yards per average, um, I think just like yards per snap basis. They're a lot better right. at defending 11 personnel, which is uh, three wide receivers, one tight end, and one wide receiver, um, than they are at defending uh, 12 personnel, which is one, uh, which is, I think, what, one tight end and two running backs, Joe? Uh, two tight end, one running back. Isn't I think that... you're right. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, one tight. Yeah, one running back, two tight end. Which doesn't surprise me, considering just two tight end looks. That's that's you know our old nemesis covering tight ends. Right. And yeah. you know maybe we can do one, but if you put two of them out there, it really stresses what this defense has to do. It exposes Josie Jewell to the fact that he's just not that good in coverage. And Alexander Johnson, probably as good a linebacker as he is. Um, even in coverage, probably isn't the match of some of the better tight ends in the league. The good news is that New England Patriots don't have the, some of the better tight ends in the league. Um, but, you know, they have a good enough offensive coach. It bums me out to say this, but they do have a good enough a good enough offensive coach to make them effective, you know? Right. And something I saw against Kansas City, and, and uh, this will be the last thing I say about their offense, something I saw against Kansas City is they kept doing that uh, – that streak or that immediate release from the tight end position, the two tight end set with Stidham, especially in there um, to Izzo trying to get that Gronk, you know, thought process where you, you, you send the tight end right over the middle and try to get into that gap uh, between the safety and the linebacker, the safety and the, in the uh, line. And he just kept overthrowing them. And uh, unfortunately against us, we're going to have to keep an eye out for that. If uh, Josie Jewell or Alexander Johnson is not rushing, they're going to have to be able to cover that the way that Kansas City did. And I'm afraid they're going to be able to connect on that at least once or twice. So that's going to be unfortunate. But yeah, um, yeah, I think you're probably right. Unfortunately, we'll just have to see, won't we? 
Okay, so that being said, let's go ahead and go into our predictions. What are we predicting for this game? Uh, you go ahead and start, David. Oh, you know, I love the Broncos. I love them very, very much. I don't know if we've got, you know, the Jets is one thing, um, and we've had a lot of time to prepare for the Patriots, and the Patriots are going to be, you know, at best practicing Friday for this game. But uh, I want to pick the Broncos. Uh, I want to pick the Broncos, Jared. Oh, I, I know you do. I don't think I can do it. I don't know that I've got it. I don't know that they're going to get this one this week. I think they're just the defense is too well coached, and the offense just has too many weak points, especially one big weak point at the quarterback position against a defense that is going to be really, really good. Uh, 17-16 Patriots. Oh, so you're keeping a one-point game. I, I Honestly, I was thinking like earlier in the podcast, I was thinking like 20-10 to 10 Patriots, but the, all of those reasons I just listed makes me think it's going to be right. just at least a little closer. Right. And you can't tell the football, you can't tell me the football gods aren't telling us, like giving us every possible chance to win right now. If there's no Cam Newton, if there's no Stephon Gilmore, you're talking about the two best players on offense and defense for them. Uh, they're they're throwing us bones right now. And I want to pick the Broncos too. And I'm also torn. (laughs) I I so bad want to pick the Broncos. I know Um, you tossed me this first because you didn't know. And I I still didn't didn't know. (laughs) But I figured it out. So God damn it, Jared, you had all the time to figure it out. I, 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 I'm going to pick the Broncos. I, I think this is, I think this is a game that we can steal just because of the way that the, the cards have fallen. Um, now it, it's a different, obviously we don't even know if the game's going to be played. If it's going to be played Monday, Tuesday, which might be mean cams back, but if, okay, let's go from here. If everything falls the way it's fallen right now, you have either Stidham or Hoyer playing quarterback. Stefan Gilmore is going to be out regardless, or we, if we don't move the game to a different time, um, I pick the Broncos to win. I pick the Broncos to win 20 to 17. And okay. I think it's going to be like a, a, a field goal by uh, by our great kicker, McManus, uh, to win the game um, because he's been absolutely killing it. That's another guy I'd love to give a great shout out to. He's been killing it. He's been super accurate and deserved every penny of what we gave him. So, um, yeah, that's my that's my thing. 20 to 17. We're going to kick a field goal to win at the end. Can't even be steal, mad. Steal the game. Can't even be mad. I'd love it. I would love it. Yep. All right. Any last thoughts, David? Any last words? Oh boy, um, boy, I, I just keep going back to if this game is played, um, and if because one more thing, if Brandon, New- if Brandon Newton, if Cam Newton plays, um, man, you've got to be careful about quarterback runs, design quarterback runs. This offense is going to look totally different um, if he's in there. They're going to pound the rock, and they're going to do it for well, a, a variety of different looks. Um, they're going to do it sometimes with the quarterback. They're going to make it look like they're doing it with the quarterback. When they're doing it with the running back, they're going to make it look like they're doing it with the quarterback, fake it to the running back, and then throw it to the <laughs> running back who was split out wide. They're going to do a ton of different things, and I, you know, it's going to be really up to this defense to maintain their assignments and discipline. There's going to be a lot of stress on these inside linebackers. Um to maintain their their zones if they're throwing and to plug the run rush gaps effectively if they're rushing. Um, so that's my last kind of can if Cam Newton kind of plays scenario there. Um, the the def- you know the backfield's going to do what the backfield does regardless of who plays quarterback because the weapons offensively for the Patriots not that impressive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're this is not the same offense that they had with Tom Brady. This is yeah. not the same. You know, they've done a pretty good job of picking up somebody from the grocery store checkout line and uh, throwing them in there, but it's not happening right now. And honestly, we have a good chance. I mean, this Patriots team is not the Patriots team of old. It's not the offense that we need to be scared of as as much as we used to be. Uh, The defense, however, I think that's going to be our issue. I think that's why I think it's going to be pretty decently low-scoring game. And if anything, we're going to need to expect a turnover or two from our defense because we haven't seen – I don't feel like we've seen enough – uh, turnovers from our defense no, um, for sure. as far as actually getting interceptions and we've dropped a couple uh, yeah. really important interceptions uh, fumbles things like that we haven't really seen too many and I think this is the game that we could really use it obviously any game you can use it but if we're going to steal a win from a team that's supposed to be pretty good and a playoff caliber team this is the one to do it Jared I just looked at starting 
running back Damian Harris's age, and he was born in 1997, and that bums me out really hard. Oh, yeah, we're yeah, old, man. We're very old. Uh, I agree with everything oh, you said, Lord. but man alive, that that just that hurt me in a special way. Oh, man, yeah, so are the two uh, right guard and right tackle, also born in 97, so... Uh... Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Anyways, so um, yeah, that's the that's the podcast. Uh, the better of the two Orange Weekly podcasts, obviously, much better. And, um, much better. And uh, thank you guys for listening again. Make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you go to orangeweekly.com. Check out the trends article that will be coming out soon. Uh, also, make sure you are going to our Facebook page, watching all of our live shows. OW Ragers on Twitter to watch, follow Ray, and follow Ragers on your podcast listening devices obviously you found our podcast and if you've listened up to this point thank you so much make sure you hit subscribe make sure you tell your friends to hit subscribe make sure you tell your friends of friends to hit subscribe and we will go from there so with that david we'll go ahead and sign off with it go broncos, go broncos. oh one last tiny little bitty thing before oh my goodness gracious i know uh if the game is played as uh, on schedule this sunday kevin and i will be calling it live from colorado corky um watch along at home with your tv maybe mute the announcer maybe pause the tv if you have that ability because we'll probably be a tiny bit delayed just because of the way the internet works um but listen to kevin and i give our own unique brand of commentary as the game goes along uh live from colorado cork and keg in castle rock this upcoming sunday and that that is a good point yeah that is the last thing i have to say jared also you can go on there and uh recommend drinks that they will drink Yes, that's right. Um, Anytime you have a drink recommendation, we will drink it. We have obligated ourselves to that this season. It's going to get messy. Yeah, don't know why you guys agreed to that, but I'm a a fan. Yeah, so great. Yeah, apple teenies all around. Really good. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. Well, now we can. Can we? Can we? Can we sign it off now, David? Or can we just? Yes. You have. Are we going to sign off? And you're going to have another piece afterwards, or can we just sign off? Just one more. Uh, That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. No, 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 no. no, (laughs) All right, well, let's finish this off. All right, ready? Go Broncos. Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.